car guy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Parrot Podcast. My name is Ryan Middledorf. My name is Patrick McDonald. This is your podcast for all things Jimmy Buffett, including Jimmy Buffett written literature. Literature! We're going back to English class again today, folks. We're going <laughs> back to Tales from Margaritaville. This is the second to last story. Huge. Huge. Uh, we've been reading this book over the past three or four years. <laughs> yeah. And we're almost done with it. I can't believe it. I, I, I like to think that there is somebody out there that started reading this along with us and is very patient. I would say. They are just dying to get to the end of this they book. They just pick it up and they go, all right, time to do this one. Yes. Oh, we haven't visited this book in nine months? <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's read 10 pages again and put it down again. Sure, absolutely. absolutely. The nice thing about uh, anthological uh, books is that you don't need to remember the things that came before. Exactly. I mean, it's all, you know, one by one by one. Exactly. So, I mean, that's going to be different when we do, you know, a salty piece of land or something. Right, like where we will forget things. Yeah, and it will take us 20 to 5 to 37 years. I think so, yeah. yeah it's gonna, Easily. It's going to be a long time. Uh-huh. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. We are, uh, we are right smack dab in october uh we're here it's hot it's warm it's warm uh something that i miss desperately about living on the east coast is uh seasons yeah we don't really have those you know we had a little brief beautiful moment of cold a little uh, respite little respite and now we're back to the heat Back to the heat, uh, trying to get in the uh, fall swing of things, the fall season. Can't really do it when it's 95 degrees out. I know, but I'll tell you, Ryan, and I, this is what's going on with me, and I did this for you last week, you got to get the pumpkin butter. You made me some toast with pumpkin butter on it, and yeah. it was delightful. It was nice. You were in my little cozy cottage. It Your was cold out. Cottage. I made you some pumpkin butter. I think you had a candle. I lit a candle. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And yes. I, I read the newspaper while you ate your pumpkin butter. <laughs> We turned into a couple who's been married 75 years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah, that yeah. way sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it does. <laughs> sometimes it does feel like we've been married 75 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been a, every year I've loved it, cherished a tr- it. A true blessing. Yeah, a true blessing. <laughs> <laughs> every day's a gift. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, yeah. But yeah the, the pumpkin butter, very into the pumpkin butter. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Are you getting into the pumpkin spice thing this year or no? I love it all th- all the time. You love the pumpkin yeah, spice. Yeah, I love the pumpkin spice. I like to engage. I get a pumpkin coffee and I eat pumpkin butter with pumpkin coffee sometimes. Wow. And I'll tell you something that's a little crazy. I was at a party a couple weeks ago and my friend brought the Trader Joe's 
pumpkin spice hummus. I saw it yesterday. I remember you telling me about it. I did not pick it up, though. Yeah, it tastes like a pumpkin pie filling. It's actually surprisingly good. Is Would you... Would you do that as like a like a little dessert? Or? I don't know. I think put it out as on a board, you okay. know, put it out on a tray with a bunch of other things. What I would suggest is you buy the caramel uh, like rice cake chips, like those small rice cake chips, the Quaker uh-huh. Oats ones, and use those as the dipping sauce. And I think that would change everything. I, I have another recommendation, um, another Trader Joe's recommendation. Okay. That would be great with that hummus. Uh, they have... Pumpkin cranberry crisps. Oh, that sounds perfect. It would be very, very that nice. That sounds I think. really good. Okay, yeah, really well, tasty. So that's what our recommendation. The pumpkin head podcast is <laughs> yes. what this has become. <laughs> I mean, the little pumpkin head update. You know. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, that's great, Ryan. I have a little bit of Buffett news for us. Amazing. Um. And it's not necessarily news so much as um fan input. Okay. Uh, we got a tweet. Uh, it was sent to Radio Margaritaville's original uh, post. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, it said, you know, they always like to say, hey, listen to Ryan and Patrick on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And somebody responded, one of our classic, you know, fans. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no profile photo. <laughs> um, you know, a little bit older, I would guess. Yes. Respect. Love. Uh-huh. Nothing but respect and love. <laughs> uh, they responded, Lenny and Squiggy. I just can't listen to him. Okay. <laughs> With the photo of Lenny and Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. A show that's 50 years old. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know, my question, Ryan, and I know that you love fan input and you're good with it huge yeah this is one of my favorite burns i've ever received i want this be is great i'm a huge fan of this yeah huge fan it's very funny i really like this who's lenny and who's squiggy that's the question that's a great question um i don't know much about either yeah uh i do you have any thoughts i don't i really don't okay because so- i don't know which one is the bigger insult <laughs> I would throw it to our listeners. Okay. Uh, if you are an older person, yeah, and you know a lot about Lenny and Squiggy, if you know if you know everything about the Laverne and Shirley extended universe, yes, <laughs> then uh, please tweet at us, email us, let us know which one of us is Lenny and which one of us is Squiggy. I would I would just love to know. It's important to me. Absolutely. And uh, and also, can you tell us if it's good or bad? I know it's bad. <laughs> yeah. But like they were on the show for a long time. A long time. Weren't they Laverne and Shirley's boyfriends? I think or so. Ex-boyfriends Something or just, like, like that. Doofuses? And, you know, I'll also say if you have criticism for us, don't tweet it to Radio Margarita. <laughs> we'll tweet it to us directly. <laughs> yeah, just let us know. Yeah, just let us know. Don't let our employers know. <laughs> That's okay though. It's fine with me. Go it's after fine. us. Yeah. We're fine with it. We're enjoying very, it. Very fun. We're having a good time otherwise. Um Ryan, uh that's the Buffett news for the week. That's the Buffett news. Okay, great. Week. Jimmy's kind of uh not on tour right now. He's taking a little break. He's so. taking a little break, yeah. which is nice. This tour has been incredible. It's been so fucking good. Really, He's really crushed great. it. I feel like he has like uh a new life to him. I know it feels like reinvigorated and uh, a lot of the uh, I I do think a lot of that is due to uh, quarantine and just being cooped up for so long bottled up he he lives for being on the road being out in front of people so I feel like that is part of it but I also feel like like this new album uh, life on the flip side it felt like a younger jimmy album yeah it did it was boisterous it was silly it was fun 
Um, so I, I feel like there's uh, there's a lot to that. There is, and it's exciting. He's got a pep in his step for sure. He's got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shlomil Shamazel, <laughs> Hop and Pepper Incorporated. He's got that kind of pep. And that's, uh-huh. of course, the theme song from Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> That's what I'm referring to because they kind of jump around at the beginning of the episode. Uh-huh. And since we're Linian Squiggy, I can't let that go. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Jimmy's crushing it. And I'm so excited to see what else he's got up his sleeve. Uh, he's got some Florida dates. He always is so good in Florida. It's yep. going to be a blast. He's got watch. some December dates this year. He does. Yeah, yeah he we're, does. We're seeing some uh, some wintry dates. Yes. Which be fun. So far, nothing out our way. Hopefully, you know, maybe I we'll know. get something next year. I mean, he didn't do Vegas this year. He didn't do Vegas. Which is a bummer. It's it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But there's always next year. Always. Seems like he's on this kind of two year sort of touring cycle, it seems. Yeah, definitely. You know? It so seems like it. I feel like we'll get a slew of new dates next year. I'm I'm hoping for it. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what are you listening to this week? I am still listening to Nathaniel Rayliff in the Night Sweats. Oh, it's it's Nathaniel October. It's Nathaniel October. <laughs> I wish Absolutely. there was a clever I wish there was a clever way to say it. Um, the new album, The Future, as I mentioned last week, is going to be coming out in November. And uh, two singles have been released. Love Don't is the one that I'm playing today. This song is great. It's really fun. The Night Sweats are back, and oh, I am pumped about it. Can't wait. I cannot They're wait. They're so fucking good. They're really, really great. So let's listen to Love Don't from the upcoming album, The Future. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And if I'm not mistaken, the song I'm about to play right now is the artist opened for Nathaniel Rateliff at Red Rocks and is currently opening for him on tour in different locations. Really? Yeah, which would be quite the show to see. Amazing. Um, That is so good. I can't wait uh, to see Nathaniel Rateliff live. We're on a mission to see him live when he comes back out here. Absolutely. I have the email alert set, and when tickets are available, I will jump on it. I'm in, and we're doing this. Absolutely. It's great. 
Uh, Ryan, what I'm listening to this week is one of my old favorites. I played him several times. For a while, he had a lisp in his music, and he doesn't anymore. Yeah. And and I respect that. Yeah. What is, creative <laughs> choices. Creative choices. Uh, this is Charlie Crockett. Yeah. A descendant of Davy Crockett, a hero among mm-hmm. men. Uh, and this is a song called Music City USA from his new album. He just released a full new album. It's on Spotify. It's and I highly recommend it. Yep. It's that good old-fashioned cowboy honky-tonk. Yes. So uh, let's give it a listen. This is Music City USA. I think you think that I got lucky I see it written on your face You say you'd like to fill my shoes How easily you take my place But if you'd spare me just a moment Before you go to pick and choose I think I'll ask you just one question How would you like to pay my dues? I shouldn't have come here in the first place These folks in here don't like my kind I hear they've got a lot of reason I think I see them on their side They've got a lot to say In Music City, USA I love it. It's so good. They're really good. I love listening to that. It makes me think of like a big open space, like a concert venue that used to be a shed somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it smells like beer. Yep. There's a bunch of old people dancing on the floor. Yes. I mean, that's that's a vibe that I feel like he is perfecting and he's is so good at. really, really, really good. He's really I'm great. I'm a big fan of Charlie Crockett. Big fan. So those are our recommendations this week. Yep. Ryan, should we get into reading this book? Let's get into it. We are uh, just a few pages away from the end. Absolutely. And I'm not focused on the end. No. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> It's about the journey, okay? Shut up. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm having a great time reading this book. (laughs) No, I really do like this book, and it's really really fun. It's just uh, reading out loud is difficult sometimes. You know what? So I, I have a vivid memory of me being at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs reading this book for this show. And the last time I was at the Ace Hotel was three plus years ago. What? <laughs> yes. Were we doing it online? Remotely? No. No, no, no. You were no. just reading it to prep. Yeah, years ago when we were doing this. <laughs> you lost your version of the book. It's somewhere in my house. Okay. <laughs> it's somewhere there. I need to find it. The pages it. are falling out. Oh, this is yeah. worse for wear. <laughs> it is. It's so crazy. Uh, but what do we, we need to figure out where we're going to leave this book. I I think we need to end it on the revisit to Off to See the Lizard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then I'm talking about physically, like, inspirationally. Oh. We should write a note in it and say, like, if you find this, 
we want you to, re- and you've gotten this far in the book, we want you to call us and we'll have you on our podcast. Oh, I love and that. And we'll see idea. if we can get a stranger to, to read this. That'd be cool. So we, we should find like uh, one of those little libraries. Yeah. Actually, there's one right across the street from my house. There's one across the street from my house too. Amazing. Okay, so great. that's what we'll do. That's huge. I love that. Okay, good. That's really, really good. I'm excited about that. I just keep putting my resume in there. <laughs> so... This will be a good thing to add. And I'll put your headshot in mine. Yeah, so right. hopefully between both of those, yeah, we'll bu- get you some work, buddy. Booked a commercial. Yeah, booked a commercial because you wouldn't believe it. Put my headshot in a little library. I got a call later. And now I do porn. Um, uh, great. The gift for the Buccaneer. Let's get into it, Ryan. Let's get into it. All right. Here we go. And away we go. It's always weird to start reading a book to someone. Okay. A gift for the Buccaneer. The Yucatan Peninsula, another one of those mysterious names that conjures up visions of the tropics, stretches like a thumb trying to close a circle around the Gulf of Mexico by touching the index finger of Florida. However, it doesn't quite make it. This leaves about 400 miles of open water through which the Gulf Stream escapes on its journey to Ireland. Wow, that was a really wild opening paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) So the Gulf Stream goes to Ireland, I guess. I didn't know that. Because that's right. Uh, it goes a lot of places. I didn't. That's interesting. I had been on the road longer than I wanted to be, especially since the tour took place in the hardcore months of winter, and we had been facing an endless onslaught of cold fronts, one behind the other, from the frozen north all the way across the Midwest. The last show was in Chicago on late February, and as always, I decided to treat myself to something good for surviving yet another tour. After all, living well is the best revenge. En route to the last show, we were trying to find O'Hare Airport in a storm, and I heard myself singing the words of an apropos song I had written years ago in similar conditions. I gotta go where it's warm. Uh, That's landfall, correct? Yeah. I studied, oh, we began our descent, and after tightening my seatbelt, I studied the world temperature section of the Sun Times in one hand and the official airline guide on the other. Florida was cold and it was raining in St. Bart's, but the Yucatan Peninsula was basking in sunshine. I had never been to the land of the Olmec and the Maya, but I had always been intrigued by what I had read about the ancient civilizations that had flourished along the swampy seashore on the southern Gulf of Mexico. The airline guide listed a nonstop flight from Chicago to Cancun the morning following our last show, so I called Jane and arranged for her and our six-year-old daughter, Savannah, to meet me in Cancun. Our travel agent in Miami booked us into what she described as a simply fabulous waterfront villa, and I played the show that night in snowy Chicago, knowing that early in the morning I would be on on my way back to the tropics. Huge, loving this, a Mexican vacation. Yes. A man after my own heart. Possessing a vivid imagination can make the bitter pill of reality a lot easier to swallow, but it can also cause the pill to get stuck in your throat. Ooh. Wow. That is quite a metaphor, Jim. Uh, my The vision of where I was going was based on two movies. First, I remember the Tampico Street scene in the opening frames of John Huston's Treasure of the Sierra Madre when a prepubescent Robert Blake badgered Humphrey Bogart into buying the winning lottery ticket. Second, I thought of the not-so-hot resort hotel in Tennessee Williams' Night of the Iguana, where beautiful expatriate American women rocked slow and lazy in cotton hammocks on a veranda that overlooked the sea. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's so Richard Burton and I believe Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. They were clad in halter tops and muslin skirts and drank enough to lose their religious guilt, but not their style. Unfortunately, Cancun turned out to be a place where life did not imitate art. 
The ride from the airport was your obligatory 25-mile cab ride that seems to be standard in third-world tourist countries. Personally, I would rather pay the same rate and have them build the damn airport next to town and avoid the long ride. But I'm used to bad roads and bad drivers from my years of living in the Caribbean. So I started the slide to island time by drinking a beer and stretching out in the back seat, promising myself that I would start to learn a little Spanish when I got home. The hot, dusty ride on the Mexican mortar field known as Highway 307 wasn't as bothersome as uh, wasn't as bothersome as what I saw through the broken window of the cab. High-rise buildings lined the beach as far as the eye could see. I wondered if the Maya had invented timeshares and left them with a curse on the land. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. That's My vision of Ava Gardner walking down a deserved moonlit beach to skinny dip evaporated instantly. Oh, yeah. It's Ava Gardner, not Elizabeth. Uh, Ava Gardner. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Uh, evaporated instantly. No, she would not be here, for I had landed in a tourist trap. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So this isn't the type of vacation that he wanted. No, he wanted a kind of an exotic. Yes. Wild kind of a little like a little like slapdash hotel. Shack on, on the, the beach. Coast, shack on the beach with mm-hmm. your six-year-old daughter kind of place. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the driver deposited me at the entrance of Casa de Oro where I would find my fabulous oceanfront villa. The ride to town had prepared me for the worst and it materialized in the shape of an off-yellow, long, rectangular building, some kind of holiday inn in a former life. Oh, wow. Yeesh. I picked up my key from the board desk clerk and made my way through a maze of laundry carts to find my room. I stared out the window again, looking for the waterfront. Immediate relocation was definitely necessary, and that would require the kind of inside help always found at the local bar. Oh, man. (laughs) Why not just call your travel agent? No, (laughs) no way. I got to go to the bar. I got to go to the bar. We're here now. Let's go, Savannah. (laughs) I've been in some rough hotels. Have you been in some rough hotels? I have been in some rough hotels. When you get there, you're like, I didn't know it would be like this. Yes, yes. It could be bad. You have a very good photographer. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Wow, I really got to hire that person to do my headshot. <laughs> Put those in the little library. <laughs> Every tourist town has a place the people who work go to to get away from the people they have to serve. I found the one in Cancun without much difficulty. I made myself comfortable uh, at the Gringo's Bar and struck up a conversation with a bartender from Houston. He recognized me immediately, always a help in a strange land, and introduced me to Carlos, the manager. Wow. So we got Carlos coming up. Carlos bought me a margarita and thanked me for writing the song that had so helped his business. And I autographed the uh, 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 blah, 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 blah. Carlos bought me a margarita and thanked me for writing the song that had so helped his business. And I autographed a menu for him. Then Carlos and I had our picture taken together in front of the Sea Monster Fountain. Making the best of a bad situation, my new best friend Carlos called his cousin at the newest luxury resort and found me a real beachfront villa. It's, it's lucky happenstance. Yeah, seriously. Another call to another cousin got me a rented Jeep, and Carlos handed me his new portable direct dial phone, and I called Jane in the States to tell her what was going on. One of my favorite songs of all time is You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones. Right. There are a lot of bad songs, a fair number of good songs, and a few really great songs. A great song is more than just words and music. It's like a thumb pressing against the pulse of living that relates a simple truth about a very complicated process. Wow. That's deep. Very deep. This is a deep Jimmy. It is. Story. Yes. 
I hummed the song and wiped the condensation from my giant picture window in my beachfront villa at the new hotel so I could finally view the water. On the other side of the uh, hermetically sealed glass, a gentle breeze swayed the palm trees, but I could not feel it. My picture window was bonded to the cinder block walls. There were no sliding glass doors or small vent windows, and seeing my breath frost up in the overly air-conditioned room with no thermostat, I knew I was being protected from hurling myself to my death. Wow! Oh my gosh, so he's in this beautiful resort, and he knows he's being protected from killing himself. Jeez Louise. Jimmy. Wow! All the shades of life. That's right. right. Back in America, those uh, back in America, those enormous hotels with the towering mass of rooms and Star Wars elevators opening onto gigantic fern bar lobbies were prime locations for the spe- for spectacular suicide leaps. Whoa. But here in Cancun, the hotel management was safeguarding me from the three foot plunge to the soft sand beach. <laughs> wow! Very funny. But if you try some, t- uh, but if you try some time, you might just get what you. Oh, this is the Rolling Stones. But yeah. if you try some time, I thought we had a quote in here. <laughs> but if you try some time, you just might find you get what you need. No, you can't always get what you want. But I was a lot better off than I was a few hours earlier. Oh, that's good. Here we go. Jane and Savannah arrived early the next day along with an army of insurance salesmen. Hey! Hey, here we go. He loves armies of insurance salesmen. He does. From the Midwest, who descended upon her hotel like a swarm of locusts. The sun was shining and it was warm, so we ventured down to the crowded beach, set up our spots, sealed our ears with headphones, and each turned up our Sony Walkman to drown out the world. (laughs) (laughs) The Walkman is a wonderful little Japanese invention, but I am still not convinced that all the technical garbage that they have sold us over the last few decades hasn't been programmed to detonate. (laughs) 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 That's very funny. Good joke. There we go. It hasn't been programmed to detonate on December 7th, 2000, bringing it into the Western world that not even Jerry Falwell could imagine. Oh, so <laughs> so he's talking about uh, the end Y2K. Of times, yes. So this is a Y2K fear in the early 90s. It, yes, it looks like it. Yeah. Uh, Jane picked up a conversation. Uh, Jane picked up on. Un- Jane picked up on a conversation taking place under a nearby beach umbrella. Apparently, the salesmen and their families were off to see the ruins at Tulum. We we quickly scratched that one off the list of things to do, read through our uh, photos guide. Fodor? Fodor. Fodor. Fodor, yeah, Fodor. Fodor. Yeah, yeah. Fodor's guide for alternatives to our present location more and more resembling a gathering of beached white whales and settled on a trip to a nearby little island called Isla Mueres. Isla Mueres. Okay. The Island of the Women. Oh. It was off the beaten path and promised a good meal, more serenity than we had seen so far, and the ruins of an old pirate mansion. Okay. Very cool. The latter immediately sparked one's eternal mysterious fascination with the rogues of the sea. Way back when, on the shores of the northern Gulf of Mexico, where I grew up, I had always been infatuated by the stories of Jean Lafitte, Jean Lafitte, mm-hmm. the pirate king of Barataria. He was one of my early heroes, and uh, he was one of my early heroes, and my most precious possession at that age was a scale model of Lafitte's flagship, the Black Falcon. My father had helped me build it. That's pretty cool. That's cool. On the many trips we made to New Orleans in my youth, I always made my parents take me through Jackson Square, past a statue of Old Hickory and uh, past a statue of Old Hickory and his horse, and we explored the rooms of 
Cabilo, the Cabilo Museum, home to the artifacts of the rich past of old New Orleans. The story of when Lafette and his crew joined forces with Jackson to fight the British was one of my favorites, hmm. and I brought it back to uh, and I brought it back to my playmates in Alabama. We endlessly reenacted the Battle of New Orleans uh, in E R. Yeah, we endlessly reenacted the Battle of New Orleans in the E R Dickinson schoolyard, and I always played Jean Lafette. Oh, nice. Jane, Savannah, and I crossed Bahia de Mujeres on a crowded little ferry boat from Puerto Suarez. The others on board included a few tourists, a lot of locals, and a herd of small goats. The breeze over the water felt good after the hot ride out in the rental car, and I read to Savannah about the ruins of the mansion. It was built by a notorious pirate named Fermin Mundaka, Fermin Mundaka as a gift to one of his future ex-wives. <laughs> Uh, the woman, however, would have nothing to do with the old buccaneer, and she left the island of the women for greener pastures, leaving Fermin to build a tomb for himself near the mansion. Legend had it that the place was now haunted by the restless soul of the pirate, who had died of consumption in a bar in Merida, leaving an unfulfilled grave as yet another monument. Oh, it leaving an unfilled grave as yet another monument to unrequited love. We thought of ruins comparable in scale to those of the Maya, the Citadel in Haiti, and the pyramids themselves, and we happily offloaded our jeep when we reached the ferry dock in the middle of town. The white sands were deserted, for siesta time was in the air. One cheerful old woman was selling mango popsicles, so we bought three and asked for directions. She pointed us toward the paved road leading out of town. We drove south past the ruins that gave the island its name, uh, Jane and Savannah scanned the horizon for signs of the pirate mansion, but as we rounded a bend in the road, they, they sighted a quaint little restaurant overlooking a pristine cove. The wind carried aromas of French cooking from the open-air kitchen, and our request for adventure and our quest for adventure and discovery was temporarily put on hold. Lunch in the present took priority over death in the past. Agreed. This is just like a casual uh, uh, vacation uh story i love it <laughs> it's just like hey, we went on a trip it's like we're talking at a bar with jimmy about yeah. his trip to mexico the restaurant kankins was run by a lovely woman originally from normandy she served us grilled lobsters and real palm frites at the table overlooking garrafon bay over coffee she assured us we were on the right road to the ruins our wanderlust had been tempered significantly by food and jane and i were now more interested in a siesta than in the ruins but we drove on <laughs> I could not find the turnoff leading to the mansion, and I drove back and forth until Savannah spotted it. We made our way down, made our way down an overgrown path through hundreds of mangroves, creeping along in the undergrowth, creeping along in the underbrush, pushing back limbs and spider webs. Parrots flew from tree to tree overhead, and I had little, uh, and I had a little adrenaline rush when we finally spotted a clearing road, and I could make out a cul-de-sac in the distance. We had found the ruins. Savannah and I jumped from the Jeep and set off to explore a dilapidated old building, surely the gatehouse to the great estate. Jane stayed behind to guard the Jeep and told us to report back to her as soon as we could. We rummaged through the house and climbed uh, mildew-covered stairs up to the second story, thinking of hidden treasures, cutlasses, and cannonballs. But all we found were piles of empty beer bottles and a rather large brasserie. I looked uh, through a big hole in the wall, hoping to see the grounds in the big house. All I saw were the tops of mangroves growing clear down to the gulf. This is it, I told Savannah. This is it, she asked. 
Well, the people were a lot smaller back then. In those days, it was a pretty good mansion. <laughs> pretty good. That's funny. Whose is that? Uh, she wanted to know, pointing to the bra. Maybe it belonged to the pirate princess, I answered vaguely, but she wasn't buying us. Uh, undaunted, she said, well, Dad, let's find the pirate grave. Jungles are scary. <laughs> Sounds like you, Ryan. <laughs> We think we know about them from watching Tarzan movies and Wild Kingdom, but the sense of awe and fear that remains locked in the human subconscious. It goes all the way back to the days of the cavemen, and it reminds us that we are truly out of our environment. Throw in the haunted grave of a bloodthirsty pirate, and you start to tread rather dangerously in the domain of the jaguar and the water moccasin. Ooh. We ended our, uh, we eased our way through the underbrush, and to my amazement, Savannah pointed to the tomb ahead. We stopped, and I knew this was time to be the brave dad. We would march to the open door of the tomb and fearlessly confront the ghost of Fermin Moncada and as brave dad, all caps, brave dad, um, or not all caps, but capitalized first letter, uh, I would boldly inform the apparition that he didn't scare us one bit. But I was spared the confrontation with my own fears, for at the moment, a cry shattered this jungle stillness and every hair on my body stood at attention. I looked at Savannah and all I saw was her mouth drop open. The pink bubble gum she had been chewing so violently dropped to the ground. She spun around and looked uh, and took off for the Jeep. I was right behind her. Jane woke up as she saw us running and we heard another cry in the distance. I leaped in and started up the Jeep. We sped down the drive toward the paved road. Uh, was he home? Jane asked tauntingly. I don't think so. Savannah leaned, Savannah leaned between us from the rear seat of the Jeep. Dad, what was that noise? I think it was a jaguar or puma just letting us know we were in his backyard. Were you scared, she wanted to know? Well, I didn't feel like he was exactly being friendly. No, but were you scared, she persisted. Wow. Enough of this cross-examination, I thought. I am the adult here. I'll take the offensive. Were you, I asked. <laughs> no, she said matter-of-factly. Then how come that gum dropped right out of your mouth when you heard the noise? She looked at me calmly. It was a gift for the buccaneer. Wow. Wow. End of story. Wow, what a nice little story. What a nice little story. Just a little family adventure to Mexico, getting scared in a cave. Yes. <laughs> have you ever been scared in a cave? I have been scared in a cave. Okay. Frequently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frequently? All the time. How often are you going I into used caves? To, we used to go down to Mexico. There's all sorts of caves in Mexico. Really? I mean, there's a thing called cenotes, which are underwater uh, caves, basically. Yeah. You can go swimming in them. And there's a lot of like eyeless cave creatures that live down there and little Ooh. fish without eyes and stuff like that. Whoa. It's really weird shit. Oh, there wow. A lot of caves in Mexico. Really? Yeah, there was like an underground kind of ocean there. It's wow. Like really weird. Oh my God, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. It's very cool. So uh, it's it's fun to explore that kind of stuff. It gets a little dicey. I can't think of the craziest wildlife I've ever seen on a vacation. I've seen a moose. I've been close to a moose. Okay, I that's cool. I was close to a bear, really close to a bear once. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Um, in terms of caves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Would you go in a cave? I have been to uh, Luray Caverns, which is in Virginia. Okay. Very famous cave destination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really big for, like, school trips and stuff like that. I don't know if they still allow people to go in them. Okay. I feel like I heard recently or a couple years ago that they're in danger of, like, collapsing. Yeah. Um, But I remember as a kid going into Luray Caverns, and it be it was incredible. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Very, very cool. All sorts of bats, creatures. All sorts of bats, stalactites, stalagmites. Oh yeah, all over the place. Oh yeah. I remember uh, 
there would be a part of the tour where they would make everybody stay silent and you could hear like the drip and the echoes and it was very very cool yeah that's amazing yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. That's uh, a little Jimmy Buffett story for you today. It's a nice little story. A little trip to Mexico a with Jimmy. Trip to Mexico. Yeah. I like it. The last one. I mean, these are all the personal essays at the very end. So this last one is going to be a personal essay. Yes. What's that one called? The last one is called. I think it's sometimes I feel like a rudderless child. Oh, yeah. that's right. In the so, very last song. The last song. So, uh, the last story. The last story. <laughs> yeah. This is. A, it's a literary I song. I think of my books as albums. <laughs> <laughs> this one certainly is. So I'm very excited. We're very, very close. We're very, very close. And then I can say I finished a book. <laughs> Huge! It's big. Big deal. It's big. And I think we should let uh, our listeners pick which Jimmy book we read next. Okay, yeah, you let us know. If there is a book that you want us to read, uh, let us know at ParrotheadPodcast at gmail.com, ParrotheadPod on Twitter. Yep. Uh, we are all ears. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there is a, a salty piece of land. A Pirate Looks at 50. Swine Not. Swine Not. Pi- Pirate Looks at 50 might be really good. I think that'd be really good. Because then we it's all personal essays and we can learn more about them. I think I have it over on my shelf. Yeah, I think you do. I so think I have a copy as well. Um, I also have a very tiny book that Bob Middledorf got me when he was in Key West about Jimmy's life in Key West. It okay. has a bunch of pictures and stuff. Oh, that sounds good. That, that sounds like it could be an individual episode. Yeah, we could just we'll, do a full book review. I think so. One. I think that'd That's be fun. That's a good idea. Um, great. So we'll... Leave it there. That's right. Uh, until next time, I am Mayfair Marley Bone. I'm St. Charles, Tennessee. Have, Have a great, great week. week. Meet, Meet you at, at the end. end. Bye bye. Hello. Oh, Mexico. Had to be Mexico. It has to be Mexico. I'm also reading about uh, Pirate Mundaka a bit. Oh, yeah? He seemed like a bad guy. Was he? Yeah. Slave wow. trader. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it, it didn't sound great. No, he didn't. It's but... a picture of this. Uh, this grave? Yeah. Looks scary? Yeah. I wonder whose bra that was. Maybe it was his. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to have reflective thoughts over the intro. Yes, it is. <laughs> we should play this every time we have to discuss something. <laughs> Interesting. It's quite a long intro. Yeah. Problematic pirates. Problematic pirates. It's <laughs> the name of our next podcast. Problematic pirates. <laughs> Way down here. A reason to move, feel a boom, run and you'll stay inside.
Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're here to believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.